test. Oh, yep, that was definitely the problem. It has to be plugged in. <laughs> We've learned so little. Really, we have. In the, a whole year since we first started this. Wow. Can you believe it's been a year? No, I, I, I mean, I can and I can't. Yeah. So much has happened on our podcasting journey. A year ago today, we were discovering that there are other Unsolved Mysteries podcasts, and this wasn't our brilliant, unique idea. <laughs> I was talking Samantha off the ledge of, should we even keep making this Let's podcast? Let's not, not do this. And I was like, mm, I think there's more than one Game of Thrones podcast. I, that's true. We did say that. So I might be okay that there's more than one Unsolved Mysteries podcast. We could just give it a try and see what happens. Game of Thrones. That's how Unsolved I... Mysteries. They're about, about even as far as popularity <laughs> and audience. So it pretty much is a one-to-one comparison. Look, I knew who I was speaking to. That's true. You got to speak to me in terms I understand. <laughs> yeah. So I wasn't like, there's more than one sports podcast, because who cares? (laughs) Not me. Yeah. I said, there's more than one of your favorite thing, Game of Thrones podcast. So there should be more than one of my second favorite thing. Yes. Unsolved Mysteries. Yes. Because, yeah, when we recorded our very first episode, we had no idea there was other Unsolved Mysteries podcasts. Sure didn't. We were also at the library, checking out equipment, not understanding how to record. So... Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That did happen. It's been a... It's been a magical journey, really. It really has. Well, welcome, five listeners. Yes. Um, Perhaps it's you. If you've been listening since the beginning, I love, you know, we love you. Oh, my God. Uh, if you're new we? to the podcast, we also love you. Uh, this is our one year anniversary special. We're celebrating today. We sure are. <laughs> the way that we're celebrating is by not watching Unsolved Mysteries. It really makes very little sense. It makes sense. Sort of. In our universe? I, yeah. Yeah, but not really. Sort of not really. We're watching Bar Rescue <laughs> and talking about it. We had so much fun doing the Kitchen Nightmares um, episode for our Patreon, which if you don't support us on Patreon, <laughs> you have no it's idea. worth it for that episode alone. It was so much fun. We were like, why don't we do an episode of Bar Rescue? Well, you had talked about this specific episode of Bar Rescue, mm-hmm. And maybe no one demanded that we did this, but in my mind, they were like, well, let's hear about that. Yeah, exactly. And no one asked for the Kitchen Nightmares episode either. We did that anyway. Well, one person did. One person did, and we're very obliging. (laughs) Exactly. Is it that I have a massive lady boner for Gordon Ramsay? Yeah, also that, but also someone asked for it. So we give the people what they want. Let's think of... Yeah, let's think of our year in podcasting. Oh my gosh, it's been quite a year. We started, yeah, literally having no idea what we're doing. We watched, I'm going to say, two and a half YouTube videos on how to start a podcast. That's how many YouTube videos Liz watched. I, like, sped through watching one. (laughs) All I remember is someone was podcasting in a closet, and I'm like, if you can podcast in a closet, I feel like we can do this. Yeah. I was actually looking for a small room at the library that would be, you know, slightly more soundproofed, Mm -hmm. which is how I discovered that the Brooklyn Park Library has a legit recording studio. Yes, and we were like, this is perfect. We don't need to buy equipment. This is, like, soundproof. It's legit. Uh, But, yeah, it turns out that's in high demand. Yeah, And they only let you rent it, like, once a month or something. And so we tried to, like, subvert the system and use different email (laughs) addresses, and they caught us. hey, 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 hey. Before you go, like, well, of course, that's rude. There's two of us. So we thought we should be able to rent it at twice least a month. twice a month. That seems sort of reasonable, right? Sure. We're not total jerks. We weren't trying to do it every day. No. And people are still like, tisk, tisk. Well, look, it didn't work. <laughs> All right? They, 
they caught on. They knew what we were trying and to do, and it didn't work. After we released our first episode, somehow people found it, even though it wasn't even on iTunes yet. I still don't understand that part. I don't understand. We at all. immediately were hearing from people, and then we were like, oh, "I guess we'll sh- we'll shill out some money." And you know what does have small rooms? My house. So, <laughs> and that's where we're sitting right now. We sit in what is now called the podcasting room. Formerly Liz's dining room. But I don't really eat in it anyway, so... Does anyone? Yeah. No. I serve food in here when I have people over. That's pretty much it. Right. So we have some equipment that may or may not be legit. The equipment itself is legit. How we set it up, I don't know. I mean, It works, we, right? It, it certainly works. I, I think, think Josh fine. from the Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries podcast, who is also a DJ and knows about this stuff and you know produces his own music, called it Interesting. Look, some people are just recording on their phone, so... Exactly. We have a, a board of some sort. A mixer thing. Yeah. With knobbies we don't understand. <laughs> yeah. And it works fine. We I just, just turn them until I think we sound okay, and it seems to work out. It's trial and error. And yeah. that's, a, that's a proven method. Sure, exactly. You have a hypothesis, which is, if I turn this knob, it will sound better, and then you test it. That's science. <laughs> That's science. That's how that works. Exactly. Look, if John Taffer can claim that the height of a bar stool is bar science, <laughs> then I can claim you twisting a knob until we sound right as science. Exactly. And that's exactly. what science really is. Just claiming different things are science. Yeah. That's what scientists do. Right. My friend Olivia, who is a scientist, is turning prob- off the, yeah. <laughs> the show right now. She's right. sad she wrote our in- our outro music right about now. I know. Like, I made it through a year of this bullshit. <laughs> this is where I call it. Yeah, this is where I, I call it quits. Listen for a whole year. Man, oh man. Hugs to all of you. Big hugs to all of you. We, I really hope you've enjoyed it. It seems like a lot of people have. We've really gotten very little negative feedback, which is wonderful. Yeah, considering the bullshit I say, it's impressive. Yeah, there's only been one Joffrey, so... And as yeah. far as I know, Joffrey's he tapped, tapped out, out so, so fairly well. Now Joffrey. we have zero Joffreys, which is great. It's exactly what I want. He's not allowed to listen anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, We've done two seasons of Unsolved Mysteries in this yes. last year. We've done a few episodes of Forensic Files. Yeah, we've had a couple of specials. We did a Halloween special that didn't really work. I think it was okay. <laughs> we had to re-record it, though. Oh, yeah. Didn't we have to re-record that, like, twice? No, just once. But we had to record other stuff that day. It was a, it was a marathon. Oh, yeah. That was, like, I broke four, the handle five. off my fridge oh, that day. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. That was terrible. It just, it just wasn't my day, everyone. No. I don't know. If you don't podcast, you may not realize. I didn't realize before I started actually podcasting that it's kind of exhausting. I don't know if extroverts have this problem. Probably not. They probably just go like, that was a refreshing time on the mic. All we're doing is sitting here talking for like an hour and a half, and it wipes me out. Yeah, I, I often need a nap afterwards. It sounds ridiculous. So but... recording like four episodes in one day, is, it's very tiring. I become a little bit incoherent by the end of it. Samantha's like, yeah, I'm going to go. And I'm just like, yeah, uh, right. I like don't even acknowledge her. Yeah, I go home and collapse. It's, <laughs> it's interesting. We've learned a lot, you know. I mean, there's a lot we haven't learned. Well, but that's also true. We have also learned a lot. Exactly. We're right in the middle of the mm-hmm. of learning. <laughs> I think so. The learning curve. I think so. I mean, our po- we have a number one podcast on iTunes, so pretty much. I did find like a graphic I made. I should post this from like the very beginning of our show, which also, first of all, looks terrible. <laughs> but also, it's like possibly number one in iTunes, you know, but probably not. <laughs> what it says on it these are the jokes that we think are funny 
That's still hilarious to me. That's my own joke, which I had forgotten about. And then found that that little I I was like, I'm hilarious. No wonder people love this podcast. The yeah. five people who listen to it. Yep. You're such devoted mystery solvers. Thank they you. They really are. Yeah, we have people making fan art of our show. We have a shrine I'm looking at right now. Yeah. Of things people have sent us. People have sent us food. Like, someone knitted a porpoise of justice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't believe. Uh, yeah, we can wear our own bootleg t-shirts now. It's amazing. At some point, I referred to this show... I think I, like, made some comparison to The Simpsons or something ridiculous. <laughs> something insanely popular, right? And Matt was like, really? You're going to have bootleg t-shirts? And I was like, we already do. <laughs> I w- That's a sign of success right there. The other day, both Samantha and I were wearing different bootleg t-shirts yep. with fan art from our show. Yep, we sure were. I, um had not told Travis about the Lost Loves t-shirt and I walked into the house wearing it and he looked at me and he just didn't say anything for a second. He's like, is that a t-shirt of your podcast? He's like, did you make that? I'm like, no, a fan made it. <laughs> so devoted. Is that a, are you wearing a t-shirt from your own show? <laughs> yes. Yes. You bet I am. Carrying around a tote bag from my own show. Drinking out of a coffee mug <laughs> from my own show. <laughs> Yes. You bet. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's been a wild ride and a lot of fun. And I think a year ago, I couldn't have imagined sitting here a year later. No. Having, like, yeah, people listening to the show, making us things, sending us things, being in a Facebook group just to talk about things we talk about. Like, it's it's a weird world. Uh, yeah, it's pretty much lovely, but also... Um, yeah, it's... it's uh, a little surreal. Surreal is the word I was looking for, yeah. Um... Every joke I see about podcasting is like, all you need is a phone and the weird belief that someone wants to listen to you. <laughs> and we did not have that second part. Mm-mm. We were just like, well, we'll just do it for fun. And, you know, f- literally we were like, and these five people promised me they would listen to it. <laughs> Two of them turned out to be liars. But yeah. <laughs> we're not naming names. But, but then... Yeah, people we didn't even know listened, and we were like, this was not part of the plan. No, not at all. It's lovely, but... Yeah, we've met a lot of cool people who are also podcasters, it's, you know. I feel like we're in the biz, Yeah, to use the words of Dangerous Linda. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, I don't... I assumed making a podcast was, is much harder than it turns out to be. Same. So, if you don't know that, I think it might sound impressive, you know, if you're just happen to be on a ghost tour and you're and dangerous, Linda's like, look, we have two podcasters here tonight. <laughs> then people were like, oh, I'm so impressed. I'm so little impressed. do they know. Yeah, little do they, it's just not that hard. No, it's so, literally just talking into something that will record your voice. Yeah, I mean, and then, but that's, I think what's what's nice about it is yeah. that anybody can do it. There's no gatekeepers on it. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the same reason I like zines. You don't have to be like an expert or a professional. It's just no. like you want to make something, you make it. Yeah, and. Yeah, that's podcasts. Yeah, you can sit and talk about Bar Rescue, even though your podcast is about unsolved <laughs> mysteries. There's nobody to stop you, particularly if you're like us, and no one would ever sponsor you. Exactly. There's no one to complain and go, no. why is your one-year anniversary special <laughs> about Bar Rescue? You know that fucking Blue Apron calling you being like, listen, listen what also, is going on with this? Why do you keep going on anti-capitalist rants that has <laughs> nothing to do with anything? Samantha and I are in a podcast facebook group Mm -hmm. which i keep meaning to leave and (laughs) 
recently there was a thread of people complaining that that the beginning of shows was too much chatter like this yes like what we're doing right now what in the uk you would refer to as waffle but it's just uh you know chit chat before you get to the the meat of the thing and it annoyed me so much that i said i'm currently planning to make that portion of our podcast longer because i hate this thread yeah which is the way that my mind works Mm -hmm. uh so i'm glad that we've been now oh my goodness also if that's what you want it's called npr i don't know what to tell you or just there's a little there's a button on every podcast app that lets you skip ahead just like skip it i don't understand i unsubscribe if it's more than two minutes and i was like you're forbidden to listen to our show (laughs) like i don't need you this is another situation where it's like it's our podcast and we'll do what we want and you're getting this for free so people were were very i know this is coming from me very bitter (laughs) it's odd like here's your your zero dollar zero cent refund right, enjoy exactly so sorry yeah. it wasn't up to your standards sorry if you don't like this uh 12 minute <laughs> chit chat that we've got well, going we on right to, now this but this is a celebration it is a celebration we gotta talk I about have, the last year you know a little alien that's stuck to my window that's staring at me right now <laughs> we have a giant inflatable alien that we had professional photos taken with yeah who knew that was gonna happen not me i, I wanted it to happen that's the thing. I think this podcast has made me realize things I didn't even know I wanted. Same. Like to order a giant inflatable e- alien off eBay and then make my friend Stephanie take pictures of us with it. <laughs> In a park where we're getting strange looks. It was lovely. It was really great. Yeah. People seem to approve. I don't know. They seem to like it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we get started, do you have any updates? I, I know that I should, but I don't. I had just wanted to mention that in our Facebook group, you posted a photo of your brother's frog oh, shoes. Yes, So that is if you true. were curious as to what those look like, you they're, can go check that out. They're even more terrifying than I remember. I guess I should have known that there would be giant frog heads on the front of the shoes, but That's for some reason... That's make some toad shoes, Samantha. My mind, like, couldn't conjure that up without seeing it, and when I saw it, I was just like... It was deeply unsettling. I liked it. So these were in a case at an antique mall. And my brother asked to, I think, to try them on. <laughs> that just must have been such an awkward I wish moment. I could have seen the face of the person working at that antique mall. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I need to hang it up in here. My brother bought me this, like, decorative plate, like, you hang on a wall at an antique mall that we were at together. But it says something like hell must be great if the devil works there it's like it's like a what? little decorative plate like an old lady would have with shamrocks on it but then it sounds like weirdly pro satan <laughs> but then yeah he was in the store and he was like i would like to buy that plate please and the woman was like all right but also it's in your store yeah. lady. stop judging anyway yeah so you can go see those you can also see photos of the frog purse not the frog purse but a similar frog purse it looks exactly the same I, as I said on the group, I would like to commend a person who was thinking to themselves, man, what can I sell to these tourists? All I have is an insane amount of frogs. And then a little light bulb went over their head. Yeah. And they somehow figured out how to hollow out a frog and put a zipper in it so you could keep change in there. For some reason, I assumed that the opening of the purse would be the frog's mouth, but they like, it's... A cut in the frog's chest that literally has a zipper sewn yeah. into it, which maybe is more that convenient. Means that but somewhere there's 
probably a sweatshop where people are putting zippers into frogs. Oh, God. Uh, if you live in a place where tourists come, I mean, sell them whatatever you can. I mean, <laughs> that's yeah. fine. That's fine. That's, that's really okay. So that was for my only updates. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed our last episode. It was listener stories with Kara. They were spookier oh than ever. Yeah. I, I don't know how people are moving on from these. Yeah. Spooky. Also in our Facebook group uh, was posted photos of that super haunted house one of our listeners lives in. Yes. That his his wife didn't tell him about. Yeah. So you can go see pictures of the scratched headboard. (sighs) Which, yeah. It's all pretty freaky. Yeah, it's really scary. So check that out. Um, that house is... Oh, I mean, I guess since the psychics come, it's been fine. Yeah, so. they cleared out everyone except the uh, Matthew. Yeah. The spirit of Matthew, who seems fine, so... Yeah, they have a roommate spirit now. Sure. Yeah. As long as they're nice. That's pretty cool. Clean up after themselves. Do their own dishes. <laughs> what, what's the problem? Do their what's own the ghost dishes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, should we jump into Bar Rescue? Yes. Okay, okay. so we watched uh, <laughs> Season 2, Episode 1. Samantha, are you going to tell them the name of this episode? It is Yo-Ho-Ho and a Bottle of Dumb. Of course it is. Because it's about a pirate bar. This is uh, a classic episode of Bar Rescue. Samantha told me about this. I've only watched like a couple episodes of Bar Rescue at hotels or, I don't know, maybe when I'm stuck in my in-laws. Travis and I have watched, I think, all of them. There's... I think the show's not over, so there must be some newer seasons we haven't seen, because it's been a while since we actively watched um, this show, but yeah, it's one of those shows that's kind of like a train wreck. Yeah. You like can't not watch once you start? I don't know. Samantha had told me about this episode. I mean, I think she told us all about it, and you would think I was braced, and I, I almost was... <laughs> But not quite for what I was in store. What was in store for me? Yeah, it it's, really is something. It's like the Amy's Baking Company. Yeah, it of is bar rescue. It is really that level of of crazy ridiculousness. So where you're just like, how have these people survived this long? That is a mystery. Because an unsolved you, mystery. Do you ever feel? I think this is part of the appeal of reality television that doesn't always get talked about, which is like. I think we all sort of feel like a fuck up sometimes. We're mm-hmm. like, man, I'm barely holding it together. My life is a disaster. And then you watch this and you go, no, I'm doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> that is the you're unspoken like, benefit of reality you're like, TV. Well, I didn't uh, waste almost a million dollars on a pirate bar. So, so it's not that bad. Yeah, we all make mistakes, but <laughs> not that. I didn't make that mistake. Exactly. So then you like pat yourself on the back and you're like, uh-huh. okay, all right, you know what? I'm I'm going to go to work on Monday and it's going to be okay. Yep. So if you're not familiar with this show, Bar Rescue is an American reality TV series that premiered on Spike TV on July. Where, where all the best shows premiere. Yeah. Yeah. July 17th, 2011. And it now airs on the Paramount Network, which I think is now what spike tv is called oh really yeah they're trying to like get away from the when spike tv first came out it was marketed as like a man it was like the bro channel yeah it was literally for men yeah and it was all like yeah shows about sexy ladies that fucking uh pickup artist show was on spike Ew, do you remember that yes with mystery and his yeah. top hat uh-huh that fucking show if you're wondering where like mras and all this <laughs> sort of very toxic male culture things started a lot of it can be traced back to that show the pickup artist yeah which was gross 
back then. It was basically like, Still if gross. you see a woman, be mean to her and yeah. don't take no for and an answer. And this is why it's a science. Yeah, it's real, real It's really gross. terrible. I hope that guy falls in a well and never uh-huh. gets out. So I think Spike must have realized that like only marketing to men was not a great strategy. I think it's interesting that like... Spike, which you yeah, got was like the bro, like spring break all the time channel, is now it's like, no, let's kind of move in a more adult direction. And then Oxygen, which was the channel for women, was like true crime all the time. Yes. Here's murder, murder, 100% murder, murder, murder. Shows about murder. You know what women love, and this is true murder. murder. It's true. Uh, so it is. Uh, the show stars John Taffer, a longtime food and beverage industry consultant specializing in nightclubs and pubs, who offers his professional expertise plus renovations and equipment to desperately failing bars in order to save them from closing. And to make Travis happy, we will show him the utmost respect. Yeah, it's really okay. He kind of looks like a turtle. Uh, you know, this is an earlier season. Yeah. So I'm, I, I don't know that he's had quite as much work done yes so he left he looked a little less turtly a little less turtly in the first seasons he seems like a nice guy he's the gordon ramsay of bars kind of seems like i don't understand why he talks so loud i'm not sure and why his like whole head jiggles when he's talking it's i does he have hearing loss I'm not sure. It's also kind of his shtick, I think, to like yell at he people talks like that. So loud. Yeah. I don't. Okay. Yeah, he he does. <laughs> we'll have more to say about that, I'm sure. Anyway, I think it's still on. Um, there's six seasons, and uh, yeah, this Look, episode. Look, this country has a lot of failing bars, apparently. So he's yeah. gonna go fix all of them or not. It seems like the show has a fairly robust success rate. I wasn't really able to find in my brief Googling how many bars have succeeded, but it's more than have failed. Which is better than Kitchen Nightmares by far. I think it is easier to run a bar than a restaurant. This is the thing I've heard about the restaurant industry, and I'm not in it, so you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but the money is in dessert and alcohol. Yes. So bars seem like is you know, if you have a good concept and you're not completely disgusting. Uh, you probably have a better chance. If you're not insisting on living like a pirate 100% of your life. Right. I mean, there's a lot of people who want booze and it doesn't seem that hard to sell it to them. No. Comparatively. to Like food preparation is much more fraught than yeah. pouring a drink. Exactly. And a lot of these bars are like bar restaurant type places. Yeah, that's true. So a lot of them do sell food, but it's, it's generally bar food. And he's done a variety of bar, you know, nightclubs, pubs. You I kind of want to watch bars. the one that's a strip club. I've seen that one. Yeah. And it was uh, bad <laughs> before he got there. It, uh-huh. was, it was really. I'm curious. It I was might not have good. to watch that one. Okay. So we're not talking about that. We're talking about Pirates with a Z uh-huh. Tavern. <laughs> Yo ho ho and a bottle of dumb. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, we open with shots of a rowdy pirate bar. One of the employees tells us that this isn't just a bar, it's a bar. Get it? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, mm-hmm. Samantha, did you hear about the new pirate movie? No, what? It's rated R. <laughs> it's that level of joke. Exactly. Uh, yeah, we see a very uh, large-chested woman pouring a row of shots. It's a Renaissance fair vibe. Yeah. If you if there's a if you've been to a Renaissance fair and it probably has a little piratey portion, 
It's just that in the bar form. Exactly. Don't so, you want to make that a like legitimate business? What? No? Well, too bad. That's what Pirate Tavern is. So we hear that in 2007, after a long career in corporate communications... Which is baffling. Think about that. You think she would know better about a lot of these things anyway. You would think. Tracy Rebello hosts a successful pirate-themed Halloween party. She wanted to bring this theme to her everyday life, so she launched Pirates with a Z Tavern. How do you go, like, this party was great. Let's make it a business. That was one successful party. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, So the festive and fun montage screeches to a halt, and we get a look at present-day pirates, which looks dirty. Yeah, one of the things I wrote in my notebook was, how dusty is this place? I'm pretty sure extremely dusty. Because it has a lot of, as you might expect, tchotchkes, which I'm not against at all. Yeah, there's what I would call a menagerie of weird things. Weird things like, all over. Like parrots and skeletons. Alligator and head. Two rubber rats humping. Sure. You I know, mean, how it wouldn't be a pirate dolls, bar without that. The whole, the whole thing. Yeah, and I'm sure just all covered in like a thick layer of dust. Uh, so Tracy says that being a pirate is like the ultimate Peter Pan syndrome. To live like a child, yet be an adult. I just wrote down as a reminder that Peter Pan and pirates were, were enemies. Yeah, I don't really understand where she was going with that. She's saying, like, oh, I'm going to be like a kid forever. And I was like, yeah, but Peter Pan hated pirates. So think about it. So not a great plan. Also, I don't know. Like, you have to be an an adult. To run a a bar? To run, yeah. It's a little weird to say, I want to run a bar because I want to be a kid. Yeah. Like, you know who can't drink in your bar? Kids. Kids. So having, like, a, a... I mean, you could make a more, like, not in this location, but you could make a more, like, family-friendly thing. I'm pretty sure there is a bar that is owned, that John Taffer tries to rescue, that is owned by someone who collects toys. Okay. Like, lots and lots of toys, and they, like, turned that into the theme, I'm pretty sure. And I think it worked out well. Yeah, that could be cool. It was, like, yeah, where you can go to be, like, an adult kid, but, like, this is not... This doesn't make any sense. Yeah. This, this particular no. uh, idea. Also, Peter Pan cut off Captain Hood's hand and fed it to an alligator. And yet somehow he's the good guy. Somehow. Just think about that. <laughs> <laughs> so in the beginning, pirates only attracted a tiny customer base of oh, Renaissance Fair reenactors and career pirate performers who live most of their lives in character. I didn't realize you could be a career pirate performer, but that's my own naivete speaking. I guess. I guess. Apparently there's not that many of them. This is like if someone came to your school, your elementary school, that was like a professional yo-yoer. Did you have that happen? Yes. They also try and sell you yo-yos. Yeah. Did your parents ever buy you one? No. I did get a yo-yo and I was disappointingly bad at it. I mean, I had a yo-yo, but not from the professional yo-yoer that came to the school and performed. And then we were all like, we're going to become professional yo-yoers. You can do this with a job. And After- you, you never <clears throat> went like, oh, wait. Yeah. After a lot of practice, I did master walk the dog, only for short distances. But sure. that's as much as I was I able mean, to ever do. I mean, way better than me. You know, so. I'm impressed, Samantha. Thanks. That was time well spent. It was. <laughs> 
So one of these professional pirate characters is a man who literally goes by the name One-Eye Mike because he actually only has one eye, and yes, he does wear an eye patch. And he supposedly lost it in a sword duel, which I kind of believe. I do kind of believe, actually. And One-Eye Mike grows on me throughout this episode. We we get to see a character arc with him, actually. We do. For this kind of show, it's kind of surprising. It was very surprising. Uh, They claimed that Tracy's first mistake was hiring her husband, Juiciano, to run the kitchen, despite having no cooking background. I do think that was a mistake. However, I don't know that that was her first mistake. That was not her first mistake. Her first mistake was to throw a party, which of course was fun, and then go, this should just be what I do always. (laughs) And also, I'm not going to take running my business seriously, because apparently she doesn't look at her books for like five years. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. We'll get to her... uh, uh, I would not... really like to know how Tracy and Juiciano met. Me too. They I do a... not seem like a couple that makes sense. No. At all. I have a lot of questions. I do. I do. I have a lot of questions about Juiciano's facial hair and why he thought that was a good idea. Yeah, that is also a question. He's definitely like the sexiest person there. True. But that's, I, what's that worth? <laughs> I, well, when you learn his personality, not much. Well, also, When you get to yes. know Juiciano, it's just, not much. It's curious. I'm just going to leave it at that. It's curious, indeed. We should have mentioned that you can watch the show on Amazon, and you can buy individual episodes. It was like $2 for the HD one. Uh, if you're, um, yes. if you, Watch this on Amazon. Because obviously you're going to hear us talk about it and you're going to go, I need to see for myself. Exactly. exactly. I'm coughing up $2 right now. You really should see for yourself. It's something. It's something. So a female bartender named Sabre says that we are real pirates. We don't really no. have a captain. We drink and we party all the time. You're 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 not even on the sea. <laughs> you're not real. You don't have a ship. And even if you were real pirates... Are you pillaging places? I think pirates still have captains. Like, the law of the sea still applies. It's oh, not yeah, like they, anarchy They on definitely a ship. have captains. I don't understand who, what... These, who's going to make them swab the deck themselves? <laughs> no. Who's going to make them walk the plank? A parrot? No. No. The captain. The captain. Captain Hook. Yeah. Or Bluebeard or some yeah. shit. <laughs> we're, pirates have captains, We're real Saber. pirates. No, no, you absolutely are not. That's... You run a bar in Silver Springs, Maryland. And wear a corset. Yeah. Which does... is great. Good for you. But it doesn't uh, make you a pirate. Doesn't make you a pirate. No. I'm sorry. A group of female patrons is stopped by the show on their way out of the bar and say that it was one of the worst experiences they've ever had. They look honestly traumatized (laughs) i don't think it was for the camera they look very uncomfortable to be talking about it and only one of them seems willing to speak they're all kind of inching away from the camera and and they're like yeah it was bad it was was the worst experience of my life and i'm traumatized and i'm calling my therapist right now to set up a an emergency appointment yeah and it may have something to do with the fact that the employees are literally getting sloppy drunk and hanging out in the booths as if they themselves are customers it seems like it would be hard to go to this bar and not get hit on, but also you're probably going to get hit on by someone who thinks they're a pirate mm-hmm. and also they work there. Yeah. And they're also wasted. I I feel a little bit nauseous just saying this. Uh-huh. Yeah. And plus, imagine it dirty and covered in creepy pirate dolls. And you're expected to pay for that experience. Yep. <laughs> 
Yep. It's a great business plan. Uh-huh. So we learned that, like Liz said earlier, Tracy didn't keep the books for five years. <laughs> and, and How now- did she pay her tax? I don't even understand. I don't, I don't know. But now Pirates is just a few months away from closing its doors because Tracy is $900,000 in debt. Samantha, could you say that number one more time? $900,000. How did she get that much credit? I don't know. People have trouble getting, like, loans for their house or to start legitimate small businesses. Yeah. I don't... Don't know. They... Don't know. That's almost a million dollars on a... It honestly angers me that she would be able to waste that much money. Yeah. I, I don't understand. So next we learn about the town in which this bar is located. This is the thing that Bar Rescue does each episode. It tells you about the like makeup of the area and how much money people generally make and how pe- when people are around. So we learn that Silver Spring, Maryland is on the northern border of Washington, D.C. It is a middle class suburb with a large business population during the day. The average income is $92,000 per year. Okay. Uh, so I think the idea here is that people have a lot of disposable income, but they're generally there during the day because they work there. So sure. you need to catch the lunch crowd and the happy hour crowd. It's not a, what Pirates is trying to do. I Yeah, I don't understand why they're in this location. And I also don't understand why the solution wasn't you need to move. Yeah. At one point when John Taffer arrives, he says that we would have a different conversation if we were in some place in Florida. Yes. You know, but you're in Washington, D.C. practically. That with a bunch of yuppie question. business people. He keeps referring to everyone in these office buildings as, like, corporate business people. But are they not, like, affiliated with the government in some way? Are these actual, no like, business people? Or do they, like, work in D.C.? Are they, you know... I'm not sure. I think he he, does, they keep talking about how it's corporate. I don't know. I think know. he might be like a bit off about that, and that might possibly be why this is extra ridiculous. But go on, <laughs> it's extra ridiculous in a lot of ways. Uh, so John Taffer shows up, and he brings his wife Nicole to do to the tavern to do some recon. This is something he uh-huh. generally does in these episodes. We get an animated sort of like plan view of the bar, which is very narrow and long. It has a really bad layout terrible and it's sort of like cut in half and it's super yeah weirdly skinny it has like a front area that they're not really using and then you have a seating you have to go through a hallway like a narrow hallway to get back to the bar part that's very the whole building is extremely narrow yeah it's not inviting at not all. at all. Most of the business is conducted in the bar area, which is at the back of the building. There is a patio outside that they don't use, which, which makes what? no sense. Yeah. Uh, Nicole's first impression of Pirate's Tavern is that they are really in their own little world, as she says. That's a very Minnesota and polite way of saying that these people are wackadoo. Yep. She notices the phallic decorations on the wall and how the waitresses are, quote, pouring out of their shirts. All right. She's one to talk. Yeah. Yeah. She's wearing... She's wearing a quite quite a low-cut top. She's also pouring out of her top. Yeah. Good for her. But why is she... Uh, Don't judge. ...casting judgment yeah. on the waitresses who are trying to get some tips? Yeah, exactly. And also... And she's like, hello. I'm... <laughs> whatever. You can't even see me Liz just pushing myself yes. together. <laughs> she's like, oh, hello. Why are you dressed like that? God... Yeah, it's a little also, judgy. she comes in by herself. And orders a glass of Merlot. I just wrote, what? Yeah. I'm sure that's what she does everywhere, but they're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, maybe try and blend in. If You're actually doing, quote, recon, unquote. But, but 
I'll have the Merlot, please. Aye, aye, matey. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I, I don't know. understand. I'll have the Merlot and two fish sticks, please. <laughs> don't get it. So she thinks that the staff is overly friendly as if she's been found out. Huh. Mm-hmm. It's almost as if they've already come and put cameras in and almost. they know people are coming. Almost. It almost as if she comes in basically with a sign on her forehead that says, I'm married to John Taffer. <laughs> like, yeah. Which, how embarrassing. <laughs> Don't wear that sign around. <laughs> so fortunately, John has a backup plan. Don't worry. Don't, yeah. He's, he's got a professional. Plan he brings in Bill and Jenny Rodenheiser, owners of a bar that John saved in the previous season called the Chicken Bone. Yeah, which he changed it to the Bone. Yeah. I'm not going to a bar called the Bone. Nope. By the Just way. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> nope. A lot of, if you watch a lot of Bar Rescue, you know that a lot of the quote unquote science is how to get women into a bar. Maybe start by not calling your bar the Bone. <laughs> Just a thought. Just a thought. I'm no expert, I, John Taffer. Not trying to tell you how to do your job, but see, but that's that's part of the appeal of watching these shows. I think is because you go first of all. I'm not gonna <laughs> not look at my books for five years. Also, I would never call a bar the bone. I'm great at this. <laughs> I could rescue. Give a bar. me a million dollars in credit. I'm gonna open a successful bar tomorrow. <laughs> so they go in wearing pirate costumes that really do not look like they're living the pirate lifestyle they're clearly they went to the halloween store and they <laughs> bought the like fanciest pirate costumes they had that cost like 300 dollars each they have never been worn before uh-huh. they're brand new out of the bag and they just like waltz in there like we're part no no i don't know what they were thinking so unlike nicole they get no help from the staff they're, they're just standing at that front part of the bar. Right, completely empty. And then they were just like, well, I guess we'll just seat ourselves because all the staff is back at the bar part. And then Mike, when, after they sat down, comes over and goes, just going to seat yourselves wherever the fuck you like, huh? <laughs> what? That's a one-eye Mike. What? First of all, he knows they're filming. <laughs> There's cameras everywhere. And that's how he talks to people. Oh, you're just going to seat yourselves wherever the fuck you like. <laughs> And they were like, well, there wasn't anyone out here. And there's, he was like, oh, well, there's so many of you and only one of me. And there's no one in this place. It was his attempt at humor. Fell a little flat. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So they described this drink called the, dro- the Grog as uh-huh. some kind of weird rum soda concoction that tastes like piss. Looks sure. like piss, so I believe them. They are assured that the, quote, fresh mahi is indeed fresh, but we, of course, see uh, Chef, what's his name? Juciano. Juciano open a vacuum-sealed piece of fish and toss it on the stove. There's also a great moment where the server is like, oh, what's the catch of the day, mahi? And Juciano just looks at him like, yeah, because there isn't one. <laughs> There's nothing fresh at all. Yeah. So he's making this face like, what are you talking about? Right. Because One-Eye Mike is within earshot of the customer. Sure. So he's like, yeah, uh, Juciano, what's the fresh fish today? And Juciano's like, oh, yeah, yeah. mahi. Mm-hmm. Uh, they describe it as tasting like frozen pond bass. Okay. Which sounds appetizing. Uh, so uh, they come out and give John the rundown of how it was. Uh, Disgusting. Terrible. Yeah, yeah Tracy comes out and comps their food and stuff because it was so bad. And it, it just, did look pretty it bad. It looked pretty bad. I'll say. So they go out, they give John the rundown about how terrible it was, and he goes in and sits down with owner Tracy. Immediately we get his take, which is that the theme of the bar is all wrong for Silver Springs, Maryland. And she looks a little bit like she's gonna cry. 
Yeah, he says, quote, corporate people don't want to go have lunch in a pirate bar. That's probably true. Which is a fair assessment of the situation, I think. John asks Tracy if she's always wanted to open a pirate bar, and she says that it is the ultimate adult fantasy. It's dangerous and sexy. Liz, would you describe this bar and the people in it as dangerous and well, sexy? Well, there's a little cruel editing at this part where they yes. she says oh, yeah, dangerous about this. and sexy, and then they cut to a couple of the people who work there and a couple of the people who are seated there to say these people are neither dangerous nor sexy. It's a, it's a little mean. It's a little mean, but it's it's so also they're throwing some cold water on. It's on the situation. I would not call a pirate bar the ultimate adult fantasy. <laughs> But, you know... If that's their fantasy... I'm not here to yuck someone's yum. (laughs) Maybe that's your adult fantasy. Sure. Sure. I think you might want it a little cleaner. Maybe. I think you might want someone that, like, dusts in your fantasy. (laughs) Once or twice. Ever. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know that I can say my fantasy includes responsible bookkeeping, but I guess it does. (laughs) Our fantasies include cleaning. Cleaning and responsible bookkeeping. You change as you grow up. That's true. I'm very old. (laughs) So John asks her, are you making money? And she says that she hasn't drawn a salary in six years and that she lives in the basement of her parents' house with her husband and 17-year-old daughter. That poor daughter. I know. Despite this, Tracy says that the decisions she has made in regards to the bar have all been worthwhile. Basically, she's having a good time. She doesn't really give a fuck. That's kind of what it seems like. And I think that at this moment, John Taffer misses a huge red flag, which is he's trying to make this into like a profitable, successful business. Right. And she doesn't give a fuck. She's not. Yeah. She hasn't looked at her books in five years. She's She's, nine hundred, almost a million dollars in debt. She hasn't taken home a salary in six years. She doesn't care. It's not about money. No. It's about her wanting to have a Halloween party every day, which I a tiny bit get, except I would not invite any of these people. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's not. She's not coming at it from the same for profit no way that i think he's used to looking at things if she has to on some level know that the pirate theme is not working for in this area and if she hasn't attempted to make a change before now before she's nine hundred thousand dollars in debt you coming in and making this a corporate bar is not gonna she's not really trying to run a business no actually she probably would have saved money just by staying home and throwing a party every day yes I think she would. I don't know if her parents would have liked that, but yeah, they let her live in their basement, so maybe. They're kind of indulging her. Yeah. So John Taffer says that she is delusional and incapable of accepting the reality of her own mistakes. It's true. It does seem true. They get into a back and forth about whether or not Tracy is ashamed of the product she is putting out, which of course she isn't. Tracy's well, husband. She doesn't care. She doesn't care no, if she people doesn't. eat I disgusting think... pond bass food. Yeah, I think Liz's analysis of the situation is pretty spot on. I don't really understand why this place serves food. Just be a bar. Yeah, I don't quite understand either. Have chips. Like, you don't need to make food. No. Juiciano doesn't need to put disgusting fish on a grill that he doesn't know how to cook. Just don't have food. I do agree with John Taffer that if you want to be profitable in this area, you probably do have to serve lunch and happy hour. Because people go there for apps. But, like, this particular established, like, the pirate theme is not, yeah, you don't need no. You don't need food. At least you don't need meals. I'm sure that's costing them more money than it's bringing in. Oh, it's for sure. Terrible. 
Yeah. So at this point, while Tracy and John are going back and forth, Tracy's husband, Juciano, shouts from the other room, the food is good, asshole. I don't know that Juciano was so on board with this. Let's bring in Bar Rescue Pretty sure he was not. John shouts back, your food is the worst I've ever seen. It stinks. (laughs) Yeah, he he really leads into saying that it stinks. So they're shouting across across the building at each other. Uh, And eventually John gets Tracy to at least admit that she needs help. So we're off and running. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Your smirk is going to sink you. (laughs) It's also something John says. I do like get a satisfaction about like when a Gordon Ramsay or a John Taffer like confronts these people. Because he at some at one point, I think it was during this exchange, yells at Juciano that his wife had to buy his customers their dinner because because he, he fucked it up. And it's like, yeah. He did. Yeah. And you should be ashamed of that. But Juciano's not. No. So. Because they don't really care about running a business. It's becoming very apparent. So John gathers the staff to confront their pirate fantasy with some harsh reality, is the words of the narrator. <laughs> I don't know how to ex- describe this crew, <laughs> this motley crew of <laughs> pirate wenches and bartenders that... I, it, one of them literally has one eye and is wearing an eye patch. Like, I, this is what we're dealing with. He's also wearing this, like, sock hat thing. It's like a knit. What is that? Nightcap. Yes. Stripey nightcap thing that's really long. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, every accessory you could possibly imagine. And they're all taking it dead seriously. This one guy has, like, beads in his beard. There's lots of, like, bandoliers and unnecessary belts. <laughs> and... Yeah, there's all of that. Crossbone brooches uh-huh. and... Yeah, a pirate costume company barfed in this yeah. building. And this is everything. But they also, like, wear that stuff all the time, so it's, like legit tattered yeah because it's not like oh, i'm gonna wear this a couple times a year right, right no this is what their their wardrobe is pirate if you've ever gone to like a historic place and seen a a blacksmith make a horseshoe oh yeah yeah shout out fort snelling if you're <laughs> if you grew up in minnesota you had a field trip there it it's a little bit like that yeah exactly it's exactly like that that, only yeah. in a bar. Yeah. Only in a poorly weird. run bar. So John Taffer tells them fixing bars is easy. Fixing people is tough. That's bar science, everyone. Write it down. I hope you're taking notes. I hope you put that on a plaque and hang it on your wall. <laughs> you know what? Someone has that in like in their basement. Maybe above. John Taffer has that. Oh my god. Hanging in his basement. It says Liz La- live, laugh, love. And then under that it says <laughs> Fixing <laughs> bars is easy. <laughs> fixing people is tough. <laughs> Live, laugh, love. And then there's a bird. So, uh, yeah, and then one of the bar employees, I don't remember who it was. It wasn't one-eyed Mike. No, it was the Gets very salty about being scolded by John Taffer, and John Taffer confronts him, and he says, there's a grown man yelling at people as if they're children. And then John responds, well, you're dressed like a six-year-old, so I wouldn't talk about that (laughs) if I were you. And then One-Eyed Mike is very hurt by this. Because he's like, this is my... I do this professionally. Yes. To say that I'm dressed like a six-year-old. This is my career. And then they they cut to a thing of him, like, doing a jig in the bar. Uh Uh-huh. Which... Yeah, is is something a six-year-old would do. Also, if you have a six-year-old, don't 
tell them that people try to be professional pirates. No, don't tell don't, them. Don't tell them. Because they will think that sounds like a great idea. It's a bad idea. And Which this episode is a great illustration yeah, of I why just, it's a terrible I idea. I don't think it's a good idea at all. So, obviously, these people are deeply offended. They consider being pirates to be their jobs. Uh, One-Eyed Mike says, he's going to make me put on a shirt and tie? No. The thing, that's... They consider being pirates to be their jobs, not being bartenders to be their jobs. Yeah, it's Or being servers to be their jobs. They consider being... (laughs) This is just shaking your head. You're not pirates! (laughs) You don't even have a ship! (laughs) I would understand if, like, okay, I consider being a bartender my job, and then I'm in character as a pirate. That I would understand, but not, like, I'm a actual pirate. I'm a pirate. You're not a pirate. So, John always brings in a chef and a mixologist to assist him. This time, the chef is Josh Capon, who has two successful restaurants and is skilled in creating what they call sleek and enticing menus. Oh. I know. Chef Capon is shocked by the menu, which is 18 pages long and it's, has over 146 choices. It's That is really baffling. You have someone who doesn't know how to cook. Yeah. Why did you make this really long? Like, serve grilled cheese. Yeah. French you know fries who is a sucker that will pay too much for a grilled cheese when they're at a bar? Me. You know what's easy to make? Grilled cheese. The, the markup on grilled cheese is crazy. <laughs> and I will happily pay it. Yeah. They're in there. They're drinking fucking something called grog you don't need to have an 18 page menu so we're about to hit you with some science you ready some bar science i hope you're taking notes on average customers spend 109 seconds reading a menu quote i'm doing air quotes research shows that it takes someone longer that if it takes someone longer than this to find something on the menu they will buy less because they get fatigued. They get fatigued. Which tells you a lot about the American education system. After 109 <laughs> seconds of reading, we go, whew. I might as well just leave. I might it's as well just much. leave. Do you, do you have hamburgers? I'll just have one of those. <laughs> That's why we eat so many hamburgers, folks. Menus are too long. Yeah. I know you got a hamburger on this menu. This is yeah. America. Yeah. Give me one of those. Can you put a fried egg on it? No? What the fuck is this place? Get me out of here. <laughs> So, science <laughs> science <laughs> so chef capon asks juiciano to create pirate's signature dish which is called burning bits something i would definitely order obviously it's terrible chef capon can barely put it in his mouth it's so juiciano spicy juiciano spits it out yeah he's fine juiciano's like also juiciano's not taking this seriously at all he's like laughing he's like it's good what do you want me to do and then chef capon is like you take a fucking bite out of it and he has to spit it out yeah because it's so disgusting it's literally bright orange yeah it has that like if you get sweet and sour chicken at the mall kind of look yep uh you know what i'm talking about yep yep that that sort of neon red glazy (laughs) yes which could that be delicious sure but in this case it's not if juiciano's making it it's not delicious So next we meet our drink expert, Elaine Duke, the head mixologist for Diageo, Diageo, whatever, the world's leading premium drinks business. It must be because I've never heard of it. So it makes sense. That's the world's leading premium drinks business. What? What does that even mean? The mixologists that they bring in for this show, like some of them are like, like win competitions doing it. Sure. Some of them yeah, are yeah. like head mixologists for these fancy restaurants. I have no clue what a leading premium drinks business I will say means. she has a really great haircut. Oh, yeah. So 
that should really be her area of expertise. Yeah, she's great. I've watched a lot of Bar Rescue, and these two are not my favorite experts. There's a woman who I think... There's a woman and a man. I don't know if they're both mixologists, and I wish I could remember their names, but maybe I'll post about them in the Facebook group that are super charismatic. They're the best. The guy is super fucking hot. Um, And I don't know what seasons they appear in in Hmm. in this show, but uh, I mean, these two are fine. So they make... (laughs) So they make Elaine a grog, which Elaine calls a mixture of diabetic shock and booze. It's... They put in what ginger beer uh-huh. and then they put in like every single type of rum that they have yeah why just, I don't, just one. one one is fine but for some reason mixing them all together makes it a grog and then she's just like is and it's in a really large glass so like as they're pouring it she's like trying to calculate how much booze is in it doesn't and then it they, have a bunch of simple syrup in it too yes and then she they like keep putting even and she's like oh even more rum <laughs> yeah yeah, it's something. So all of their drinks are the same, strong and sweet. She says sugar upon sugar upon sugar yeah. and cheap booze. USA, USA, <laughs> USA. And she says, which is a good point, that no one is going to drink a second one of those. No, it is huge. Like it's massive. It's and like the size full of, of your sugar. Head and yeah, and there's no way you could drink a drink that was that sugary and be like, yeah, I need another one. So not a great Even business I'm model. Even I'm saying that. So yeah. So not not a good idea. Uh, next we get the map scene, which is where John Taffer lays out a map of the area with little stars on it. <laughs> this <laughs> is where your bar. Did you know this is where your bar is? <laughs> yes. These are the buildings that surround your bar. This is where we get the game plan, and in this case, the game plan is corporate. Uh, John says, lunch is worth half a million dollars to you. Happy hour is worth $300,000 to you. I'm assuming a year is what he means. So he basically says that they have to change their theme. They can no longer be a pirate bar. Surprise, surprise. The thing is, though, he's really underestimating how dedicated these people are to pirating and how little they are interested in running a bar. Yeah, he thinks he can talk some sense into these people, and it was never going to happen. No. So, naturally, Tracy is against it. She says that pirates will become another casualty of the machine. The soul gets removed because it's not workable. To which John says, businesses don't have souls. Businesses are profit centers. But this is, again, another red flag. Like, she doesn't care about profits. Uh, She literally told him she doesn't care about profits. Businesses don't have souls? Corporations are people, John Taffer. Are you not familiar with that Supreme Court decision? Are you saying that humans don't have souls? <gasps> I'm scandalized. Yeah, they're just profit centers, Liz, according to John Taffer. Well, bring that to the Supreme Court. That's science. science. We know John Taffer is a scientist, so science. try and refute it. So this is where we get my favorite quote of the whole show. John shouts, do you want to be a pirate or do you want to send your daughter to college? It's way too late for her to send her daughter to college. Yeah, there's no way. She's a million dollars in debt. Isn't her daughter already and in she 17? Doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah, that's... It's not happening. The ship has already sailed, and none of those pirates are on it, because they're not really pirates, and they don't have a ship. <laughs> <laughs> I was bar- I was like, why haven't we used that, that pond that already? That ship sh- has already sailed. I'm baffled it took us this long. <laughs> so Tracy seems slightly convinced at this point. She Her level of denial is weird considering she contacted Bar Rescue. On some level, 
she knows there's a problem. It's I not know. like John Taffer just showed up at this place and was like, hey, I heard you blew a ton of money and this right. place is crappy. This is the thing I don't understand about some of these episodes. Like, in the Amy's Baking Company, it's like, why did she call him? Well, she told us why she called She called him because she wants him to convince everyone else that her food is good. Yeah, which Where, is not a thing. Whereas but. Tracy seems to recognize that there's a problem. But also yet she is- called him, and yet when he gets there and proposes a solution because he's the expert, she rejects it. She was like, no, tell us how to be more piratey. And, and make it work, but also be not change. Yeah. Like, what? I don't... The yeah. level of denial, yeah, you're right, is bizarre. It's is really kind of frightening. I hope I'm not like that. <laughs> By the way, we are the number one podcast in <laughs> iTunes. Also, we're not going to change a thing we're doing while we're sitting here doing a bar rescue episode, even though we're an Unsolved Mysteries podcast. I don't know why an expert would come in here and say, this makes no sense, on the new show, Podcast Makeover. So I notice you guys have no sponsors. Could it be that you do really weird stuff? (laughs) No. No. Get out of here. You're going to rip the soul out of this business. Uh, so, although Tracy seems sort of convinced the rest of the staff is obviously not, she tries to tell them that the pirate thing isn't going to work, and of course they are not interested in hearing it. People look like they're going to cry. Someone quits because he doesn't like being yelled at. Oh, that's kind of fair. I mean, yeah, get out of here, whatever. So, eventually, they seem to come around, even when I Mike. Um, when he's promised that he'll still have a place. Yes. Yes, John Taffer does, you know make a moving speech to One-Eyed Mike about how he has... Because One-Eyed Mike is like, he's like, I'm One-Eyed Mike. I can't have a normal job. Like This is my only thing. And John Taffer's like, "You don't worry, One-Eyed Mike. I I've, I've quit other jobs and come back to this because I believe in it so much. And Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, John Taffer makes a moving appeal about how he'll always have a place at this yes. bar, blah, blah, blah. So the next day, the renovations begin... Um, in preparation for the soft opening, which the soft opening in these shows is really just they invite a ton of people and pack the bar and like film the fallout from the employees yeah, it, that are completely unprepared to it handle has no a rush. Purpose except to to show you it not working, I guess. That's the, yeah, that is the whole purpose of because the quote, it, it, soft opening. It doesn't help the employees in any way. They just get totally overwhelmed because they're literally shown how to make a cocktail and then they're like, by the way, five hundred people are coming, take all their orders. Yep. They've like taken down the decorations, but they haven't fixed up the place. So there's all these like holes in the wall. It just looks like hell. It looks terrible. And also when they pack the bar, remember this is like weirdly narrow. So everyone is just shoulder to shoulder. There's nowhere to sit. I would never go in here. It looks like a fire hazard on top of a fire hazard. Terrible. Yeah. Also, no butt funnel. No butt funnel. Well, those places on a dance floor. Yeah, those really only show up in episodes where there's a dance floor. Maybe if you guys like this, we could do the strip club episode. I don't know if there's uh, a butt funnel in that one or not. Please, everyone, say you like this. I really want to do that. <laughs> Thanks. You know the one I was the episode I was thinking about earlier was not a strip club. It was like they do a they have a he makeovers makes over a bikini bar. Oh, we should definitely do that. Where literally the waitress the waitstaff is wearing bikinis. Sure. And yeah, it's. Just as terrible as it sounds, and then he makes it over, and I don't remember. They ended up they ended up making it into like a sort of Hooters adjacent type thing, I think. Well, but that's a good episode. Millennials are killing Hooters. It's true. It's true. You're welcome. <laughs> so we could totally, you know, if you guys like this, I'm not saying we're going to turn into a bar rescue <laughs> podcast, but we could do more. 
So, the, yeah, the renovations begin. They're preparing for the soft opening. Everyone gets drink making and cooking lessons. They have to bring in a line cook to help Juiciano because he's clearly hopeless. Yes. Uh, they have some sort of watermelon drink that actually sounds really good. Yeah. I would order one of those. The drinks they come up with for these shows are so sound so tasty. Except I saw one that was in a roller rink, and those sounded terrible. But well, yeah, they involved like Orange Crush or something. Oh, weird. It was like, what if we mixed Orange Crush and a beer? And I was like, there's a reason no one's ever done that. Yeah, it's kind of fun to watch these because they always make a signature drink for the bar, yes. and it's always like related to the theme. So yeah, th- these ones sounded really refreshing. Um, everyone learns the new food and drink menu, and John brings in a third expert because he really needs some help with this one. This is Jesse Barnes, who trains servers and hosts at some swanky restaurant in Washington, D.C. I didn't write down the name of. And it's also one of the most beautiful women I've ever she's seen. She's gorgeous. I, I couldn't stop staring at her. Why isn't so she... So beautiful. I don't know. A model. Why is she this might her job? Be, I don't know. I guess, yeah. She trains people on manners. Yeah, I guess... You, you probably would expect a beautiful person to do that, right? Kind of, yeah. So then we see the soft open, which is always a shit show. Juiciano is awful and he ends up leaving, which is fine, because Jason, the new chef who took control, and he does a great job. Yeah, he actually went to culinary school and un- understands how to expedite orders and yeah. isn't in a bad mood. So, <laughs> yeah, so he's great. He yeah, just, Juiciano storms out and then Tracy chases it, after him. It's like, you know, every reality show storm out. Yep. And then Tracy's gone, so they're even more understaffed and she doesn't really care, so... Yeah, she doesn't even come back until the end. So they do end up turning it around, but it is pretty bad for a while. They can't get control of the orders. One-Eye Mike is dropping drinks on people... Yeah, which, it's just, there's too many people in there. There's way too many people. And these this, they're used to working a bar that's always dead. So yeah. they have no experience whatsoever in a rush. Yeah. And this is not just a rush. This is, like, people are lined up down the street, and the place is packed. So, yeah. Give us grog. Give us grog. <laughs> so they do kind of end up turning it around. They get a pep talk from the, the experts. Sure. and Then the experts know. actually help them instead of just yelling at them. Yes. So... They make that beautiful woman work, which I'm sure she was like, what? I didn't sign up for this. I don't know how she can do that in those heels, though, man. Well, practice. if you're an expert in manners. Practice, practice, practice. So next is the renovation. While John and his team get working on the makeover, they clean up One-Eyed Mike and Saber and put them in suits and send them to the local businesses to promote the bar. I... I hate it when people do that. Yeah. Have you ever worked at a place where people like come in and they're like, hey, so we opened this thing down the street and well, it's just the most awkward. It usually is. There was, uh, have you ever been to that Bunt Cake place that just opened up not that long ago? No. It's called Nothing Bunt Cakes. I don't know if this is uh, like only in Minnesota. They have a few different locations. One opened up like down the street from my old work and they brought in little tiny bunt cakes okay if people feed me that's a totally different thing and oh my first of all they are fucking delicious if you're in minnesota you haven't had these bunt cakes you need to get they sell they're called buntinis they're little tiny this is not an ad they should pay us for this um but they're <laughs> give so, us bunt cakes give us bunt they're cakes. so good and yeah they came in and we're like we just opened up down the street here's a giant thing of little tiny bunt cakes you yeah, know that's totally different so if you that's me, what that's you need to do if you make me like listen to your spiel and hand me a business card I'm just going to throw away. And yeah, that, no. That's not going to work. It's just awkward, and everyone hates it. No one What wins. if they're former pirates cleaned up and put in suits? Well, that just means it's going to be even more awkward because they're <laughs> not used to talking to people. Yeah, it looked a little awkward. Plus, there's cameras there. 
Um, but you can see that the employees are trying, is the point. Sure. Like, One Eye Jack's like, okay. Because earlier in the show, One Eye Jack literally. I keep calling him One Eye Jack. His name's not Jack, it's Mike. Yeah, Jack is just a pirate name. I don't know why that just came to my head. Anyway, One Eye Mike, earlier in the show, literally said, You won't get me in a suit and tie. And here he is in a suit and tie going door to door. That's true. So you can tell they're trying. Like you said, One Eye Mike has sort of a character arc. Yeah, um, this is yeah his transformation. Well, at one part point, Jesse is trying to teach him how to just like come to a table and take an order and talk in a normal <laughs> like not pirate voice. She keeps saying talk in a normal voice. And She's he's like, like, this is my voice. She was like, let's do normal voices because he's like, hello, ladies, what can I get for you this evening? You know, he's doing like a it's not an English accent. It's yeah, like it's a weird. pirate accent. Yeah, it is a pirate accent. And she was like, let's. She was like, acts like the people you see outside of these places. And he's like, I hate those people. <laughs> but he he sucks it up and he, he tries to be a normie. Yeah, he does try and be a normie. Yeah, Jesse says, these those you may hate those people, but they're the people that are going to make you money. Which uh, she takes being told, I hate you, pretty well. Pretty well, yeah. Very, grace and poise she, kind of she pour out of her. extremely poised. So inside, the place is swanked up to look sleek and corporate. They redid the patio. They made the menu smaller. And they turned the front room into a smart bar, which is an automated like tap system. Um, it has a draft table where customers can pour themselves their own beer using a little key, like access key that's given to them by a server. He literally shows this to a bunch of bartenders and was like, here's the robot that can replace you. Aren't you excited? And they're like, great. Yeah. This is the only time I've ever seen this. So I don't know. If he this said is it was like a prototype. I don't think it took something off. Something that took off. I also think maybe, I don't know if it's the best idea to let people pour their own drinks. But the only place I could see this working is like an airport lounge. Sure. For fancy people who have a ton of miles. What are those things called? I don't, an air lounge? I'm, yeah. I have no idea. That's the only place I can see trusting people to pour their own drinks. Yeah. Otherwise, people are going to find a way to subvert that system and just get an unlimited flow. They just put their head underneath it. Also, yeah, then no one's getting tips. Like, what the... Yeah, that's the other thing. No. So, I don't really like this idea, but... But he um, just doesn't know what to do with this stupid front room. I will say, in the makeover... So, originally, this restaurant has these big windows, but they were, like, covered up by curtains, I guess. mm Mm-hmm. And afterwards, he actually, like, lights them. And I don't it, the The facade of the restaurant, minus the sign, does look <laughs> Oh, yeah, we have to talk nice. about the sign. Yeah, because they do the reveal, which is always very dramatic. They're turned the other way. Yeah. And then they turn them around. And what did they rename this bar? Literally corporate. It's and the, the logo worst. is an actual man in a suit. It's like a clip art. If you literally... Not even now. You have to go back in time. You have to go use a computer from like 1999. Yep. And say Clippy. Remember Clippy? That oh yeah. Guy that would come and say, "It looks like you're trying." To- I loved Clippy. It looks <laughs> oh, like yeah. you're trying to light a letter. Can I help you for? And you go, Clippy, get me a clip art of a businessman, please. I'm making a PowerPoint about business. This is the first thing Clippy would get for you. Yeah, and it's huge and it's lit up because John wants. People to see this bar from the high rises. I swear those people work for the government in some way. They work for like NGO. I swear they're not like corporate corporate people. people. Yeah, I don't I don't know. They live by Washington DC. I don't know. So it's just a little on the nose, John Taffer. Like I realize I'm not a corporate person, but I can't really imagine someone who is being like, 
Corporate? Yep, that's, that's where what, I'm going to. Yeah, it's like, you think that these are the corporate version of the pirates. Like, corporate is my lifestyle. Like, maybe some people are like that, but yeah, I don't need to leave my corporate job and go to a corporate, a bar that's literally called corporate. I could go to, like, some... It's terrifying in a way. Yeah. It sounds like something that would be in, like, a sci-fi novel about yeah. a horrible universe where you can't ever leave your job. <laughs> you know what I mean? What would have made sense to me? I think it would have been more clever to call this bar the office. So then you could be like, I'm, I'm at the office. I gotta stay late at the office. That's smart. It's like all the bars that are called the library yes. in college towns. Yes, exactly. Be like, don't worry, mom, I'm at the library. Ha ha. I'm still at the office. Yeah, that would have been smart. Smarter. And clever. Smarter. Smarter than corporate. Literally corporate and a giant also, dude Also, have in a we suit. forgotten that these people think they're pirates? Yeah. They don't think their job is bartending. They think their job is being a pirate. You could have eased them into I feel like you could even do like a nautical theme that was still cool and would attract corporate people. I think they should have just made it like a cheesy Irish bar. Yeah. That I think they would have adjusted to that level of Yeah, it's like literally tossing these people for pardon another cold water pun, but like yeah. I mean, it's literally throwing them in the deep end. They can't swim. Let them... If you... Does anyone on our show live in Ireland? I'm sure your pubs are nice and lovely. But in the U.S., <laughs> we have pubs that we pretend are like ones Irish. that are Irish. And they're sort of kitschy and ridiculous. I feel like they could have adjusted to that and maybe sort of yeah. pretended they were hobbits or something. Sure. <laughs> but you can't then act like, no, these are these are preppy suits. Yeah. Come I just, here and talk about water polo and... I realize for reality television that, like... But if you're actually trying to help these people, you need to, like, ease them into it. There's just no way that They're this not going to throw work. on suits and become, yup, you know, like some yuppie yeah. bar. That's just not going to happen. And it's doomed from the beginning. So... Uh, the relaunch um, happened. Then they do the, le- the relaunch, and the customers really like it. Uh, even the staff seems to like it, um, which, no surprise. Okay, so these people were really into the pirate lifestyle, but they also want to make money. Like, they're not right. as invested in it that I think they are holding on to it as tightly as Tracy. I think they didn't want to change and, you know, maybe didn't think they were capable of it or didn't want to get fired or whatever. But once they start getting some tips, they're like, all right. I can do this. I I can can be a pirate on my own time and then make money at my job. Like, they're more into it than you would think. One-Eye Mike really takes to it. Yeah, because I... I don't know. It, I think it goes better than he expects. Yeah, and, you know... Though, at some point... Was this during the... I don't remember. If this is during this part or if this was during the soft opening. He grabs a knife. <laughs> that was the soft opening. Yeah, he's getting real annoyed with Jesse. The sir- was the- she going to stab that beautiful woman? <laughs> yeah, it really appeared that way. She, like, grabs a knife and turns and then has to be like, okay, nope. Yeah, uh, I forgot about that part. They don't really acknowledge it? No. But you can see it happen? <laughs> I'll, I'll post a clip of it. Yeah, it's something. And I remember, I can't believe I didn't write that down, because he literally grabs a knife, like, he has it clutched backwards in his yeah, fist. Yeah, he's like, oh. And then he has to like, be like, prime okay. stabbing position. I'm not going to stab this woman on film. <laughs> yeah. So he's come a long way from attempted... Murder. Possible murder. Mm-hmm. He sure did. <laughs> Unfortunately, who has not come a long way? Tracy. 
She yeah. spends the entire She's uh, a real relaunch about this. evening walking around complaining and telling people that she doesn't want to hear their compliments of the bar, about it, the bar. That's really, one person's like, oh, we love what you've done with the place. And she's like, that's I, really not what I want to hear. That's not what I want to hear. And then they're like, okay. Yeah. So awkward. So, Juciano just like quits doing anything he at takes point. his chef because this is the other thing they do to Giuciano is that they demote him to bus like food runner and bus boy well he can't really cook and he's not that helpful no so they're like what can he do for the opening we need a runner they're a great but idea. I love that John Taffer was like that's a great idea and then he's like wait this kid is now my boss uh-huh yeah he, Giuciano like, well, was not happy. yeah it. Giuciano sorry so that's kind of where we end the episode John Taffer gives Tracy a pep talk. He says, you know, stay in touch. I really want you to succeed. I, I believe in you. I believe yeah. in this place and I believe in you. And if you commit to it, you could really make a lot of money here. And she was like, I don't care about money. Clearly, I have a pirate kink and I'm trying to make that my whole life. Uh-huh. And I should have just become a dominatrix. Yeah, she really should have. She, that would have been fine. Yeah, that's what I would have said if I was the business expert that came in with my listen. science listen you either need to start a costume rental shop mm-hmm. become a dominatrix or just party a lot and it'll probably cost you less than this failed business <laughs> i think so that would have been good advice so we get an update that corporate bar and grill was closed after a few days reopening wah, wah, as wah, pirates wah. so i do have an update from barrescueupdates.com which is not official <laughs> it's just like a blog someone runs with updates on all the episodes um, Pirates Tavern in Silver Spring, Maryland, which was featured in, on the second season premiere of Bar Rescue, has announced that they will close on April 4th, I don't know what year, due to the bar losing their lease. Tracy, the owner of the bar, posted the following message on the, quote, Soul of Pirates Tavern Facebook group. Uh-huh. So that sounds like a thing where maybe they had a meltdown and they closed their Facebook page and then they had to open mm-hmm. up a new Facebook page. Yep, and they called it the soul of Pirate's Tavern. It's kind of a jab at John Businesses Taffer. Businesses don't have souls! Yeah. So she says, It is with a heavy heart that I have to deliver the sad news that Pirate's Tavern has lost its lease. Our last night will be April 4th. I am trying to keep this information within the family, as we really don't want to deal with anyone any more bullshit <laughs> from the reality TV world. Thanks to all who worked and played so hard to make the last eight years so great. The memories will last forever. Aww. Yeah, so this is what happened. Uh, The changes Taffer made to the bar upset the owners and regulars who wanted to keep the pirate theme. And quickly after John Taffer left, they removed all of the bar rescue changes and reinstalled the pirate theme. They sold items from the bar rescue makeover and supposedly spent $60,000 to get the bar back to the way they wanted it. I don't. Aren't we talking about some paint and hanging up some Halloween skeletons? I think so. I don't understand what cost them so much. Plus, they sold everything, so they... I I don't understand. So, also, the self-serve draft beer tables didn't have the proper permits, so they were removed. That's kind of on John Taffer. Yeah, that one kind of is. Pirates Tavern even posted a YouTube video of them burning the corporate bar and grill sign, and as of today, the video has been viewed over 200,000 times. I don't know when this was posted. Uh, You watched that video, didn't you? I did. It's very long. (laughs) The sound and is they sing some very song, bad. They take us like sea chanty song by the Decemberists and they change the lyrics to be about John Taffer ruining Pirates Tavern. Oh, it it they didn't need to do a parody of the whole song. Also, we didn't need to see the whole sign burn. Also, it may have been recorded on a flip phone. 
It's not great. There's still photos of it on this barrescueupdates.com website. It's just a sign burning. You can picture it in your mind. Uh So after the makeover, the owners and customers were publicly critical of John Taffer and his concept, and John Taffer felt that they were more concerned with being pirates rather than making profits. Yes! Why didn't he figure that out sooner? (laughs) I don't know. What kind of business expert are you? Yeah. Unfortunately, also, fans of Bar Rescue flooded the pirates' Yelp page to give a bunch of one-star reviews. There were over 200, um, (laughs) most of which um, have been filtered out. A fan of Bar Rescue reached out to John Taffer on Facebook about this, and John Taffer actually responded, saying that he wanted his fans to be civil, but also that the pirates brought this upon themselves with with the way that they acted. Uh, I mean, kind of. If you post a video of yourself burning it all after, right. you know, you had this help, like, okay, you kind of get which... I mean, that's not what Yelp reviews are for, I suppose. No, that's But true. if you haven't actually been to the establishment or interacted with them in any way... right. Yeah, so one of the most common questions this person running this website is asked is, is pirates still open? And the answer to that question will soon be no. If you want to get your pirate fixed before they close, you have little over a week to do so. Don't know when this was posted, but I don't think they were open for very long. No. And I saw some video where they were talking to John Taffer after this. There's an update. There's like a return to the bar that's like an entire update episode. I didn't rewatch that, but I have seen it. Okay, what happens in that, do you recall? I think they just talk about how they burned everything. and <laughs> the. I think it's a lot like the return to Amy's Baking Company, where they talk oh, about the okay. social media meltdown and all that kind of stuff. I should watch it, but I didn't have time. Um, one of the updates we got, a comment someone said from Amy's Baking Company that I should have brought up sooner because it's so amazing, is that after that whole meltdown, people who were unaware of it would just like innocently ask on Facebook, like, hey, how do I make a reservation? Or hey when are you guys open and they would respond with like we don't serve sluts like you (laughs) which is perhaps my new favorite quote and i just want to say to people all the time we don't serve sluts like you and then people would just be like what i just wanted to come for lunch like like so innocently like why are you calling me a slut also that has nothing to do with anything how did you know I, my, my, one of my favorite parts about this update is that they say that they wanted to keep this information within the family, but they're posting it on Facebook. I guess it's in a group, but obviously that's going to get out. Yeah. Not also, right. doesn't everyone just work there? Like, is there other... Yeah. It's like, it's only us. We're the only people <laughs> who come here. Yeah. The people you employ are also the only Customers. patrons of this business. Like, Yeah. So that was it. That was the Bar Rescue I bet you all feel like geniuses episode. now because you did not do this. Yeah. I would we, like we should all feel that way. To know who this woman's bank is and why they let her spend so much money. I don't get it. Plus, where did they get $60,000 to turn this back into a pirate Something bar? Something really weird. Something's, something's up. I don't know. What's Juiciano up to? That's the real mystery. How did they meet? And what is... There's a lot of mysteries. See, this is on brand. You're right. There are a lot of mysteries. Why did they think this was a good idea? Here's the real mystery. Where are they getting that money? What the hell? (laughs) And that's not really answered. So it's a mystery. Should we rate this episode or rate Bar Rescue out of Robert Stacks? How? Okay. We do this on Patreon. If you're not a patron, we try and rate the shows we watch. Uh, I really love Bar Rescue. It's like a guilty pleasure. And I think this is what, you know, for just bananas sake. I think oh. I'm like a, like a four. This is very entertaining. 4.5. I'm going to yeah. give it a three and a half at least. Maybe a four is fine. For like reality TV of this ilk, 
where you it's a, there's a formula to it yeah for sure but you can't really do better than this because it's just so wacky if you're like me and you and watch- someone almost got stabbed <laughs> yes Yes. Which, does anyone remember that Cheaters, where the host got stabbed? Oh, yeah. But apparently that was, like, all staged. But that was supposed to be, like, the first stabbing that was ever shown <laughs> on TV. Fucking Cheaters. Cheaters. Oh, my God. Yeah. That, another, just walks down memory lane. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you're like me and you've watched every episode of Kitchen Nightmares <laughs> and the UK version multiple times and you just really need something like that, Bar Rescue, I mean, it's not a, a 100% substitution, but it, it'll scratch that itch. If you, yeah, want to see a grown man yelling at people that they don't know what they're doing, and then you can be like, as you sit there in your pajamas eating <laughs> Cheetos, go, I would never make that mistake. <laughs> Fucking pirate bar. Yeah. I'm dumb as that. Yeah, exactly. Let's think of businesses that they should have opened instead. Okay. I really, yeah, costume rental store. Yeah. She could become a dominatrix. Maybe like children's pirate parties, except I her t- constant talking about like sexiness and adult fantasy makes me go. Yeah, no. that might not work out, but that could be that could be better. What a, a very specific phone sex operator. <laughs> Just about pirates. Just about pirates. That could work. That could work. All right, maybe I don't have any others. I don't. I was trying to think of something that Juiciano could do, but I really can't think of anything. I, we just don't know enough about him. He's the mystery. He is quite a mystery. But I, yeah, what did he do before? No what did, idea. She did corporate communications, yet seems to have no idea of, like, PR or anything like that, so... It's baffling. It's pretty confusing. All right, what else do we need to rate? Anything? Uh, I mean, we could rate the fashion. I don't know. (laughs) Do you give the fashion in this episode a thumbs up or a thumbs down, Liz? Give it a real thumbs down. Yeah. But that's, you know, my personal preference. Did you notice any mustaches? Does Juiciano have a mustache? No, he has a, like... Chin strap? chin strap that's very thin to just he doesn't really need it to no out, he's to, he's got very sharp features yeah i don't know quite why he's doing that don't know juiciano get your shit together yeah <laughs> <laughs> obviously yeah. there's no reenactments yeah. the very beginning is kind of a reenactment yeah. they like try and be like once yeah. this was a hop in place although i don't think it ever was no i don't yeah um, yeah no that's i think that's it. it well that's a wrap okay so you should Follow us on social media because We're you, you'll love it. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Perhaps um, it's you. Perhaps it's you. Perhaps it's you. Um, programming note for the next couple weeks. We have, um, I think we're taking a break next week, aren't we? Was that oh, our plan? Oh, yeah. So there's probably not going to be an episode out next week. And then we're going to jump into season three the we're week after. season three. Yeah. So get so ready. exciting. Then B- we'll be back in. to like regular Unsolved Mysteries content. Yep. Weekly episodes of season three. Yeah. Things will be um, a little bit back on track. If you have any spooky stories you want to share with us after hearing the listener stories, you can email us at perhaps a If you are stingy with your spooky stories and you didn't tell us everything, please send us some more emails. Yeah. Yeah. There's also an email form on our website you can use. Um, you should really give us a five-star review because you love listening to this so much. And I increased the banter at the beginning for you, just like you wanted. You're welcome. Yeah. Consider supporting the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash perhaps it's you. These are the kinds of episodes we do. We have done uh, Kitchen Nightmares, like we said. We're doing In Search Of this week. We did Beyond Belief. Fact or Fiction. That was a lot of fun. We did Alien Autopsy. Yeah. So that's generally Unsolved Mysteries, con- like adjacent content. The Unsolved Mysteries episodes are always free. Um, but if you just want an extra bonus episode, plus some goodies, we're sending out goodies. Yeah. Um, you can support us any amount on Patreon. We'll get you that cool shit. 
Yeah. And I think that's it. I think so. Thanks, right. everyone, Thanks for supporting for us year this past year. Being it's been, awesome. It's been wild. You're the best. Yeah. Bye. Bye.